15 minus 10. Five, four, three, two, one. From the Wisconsin State Journal, I'm Elizabeth Beyer. This is Front Page, a podcast that takes a look at some of the State Journal's most interesting recent stories. Today's episode, a UW-Madison lab launched microorganisms into orbit with help from NASA in an attempt to discover new therapeutics at a time when antibiotics are becoming increasingly less effective. Interperformance dominant. Estimated alpha, one degree. BNO3 is open. In a recent teleconference, Heidi Paris, assistant program scientist at NASA's International Space Station program, outlined her work with researchers across the space station's international partnership. The International Space Station is an incredibly robust and versatile laboratory uh, with new state-of-the-art capabilities added with every cargo resupply mission that we have. Our focus research areas include human research, uh, biology and biotechnology, earth and space science, physical science, technology development and demonstration, and education. Over the course of a year, uh, there are hundreds of experiments that are being performed on the space station. Across our international partnership, to date we've had more than 2,900 investigations being performed on the space station, and this represents the work of more than 4,000 scientists and 108 countries globally. So it's been a busy few months for us on board the the orbiting laboratory. Uh, We're performing research in all six of the focus areas that I mentioned earlier. Uh, We have ongoing investigations into things like combustion characteristics, uh, advanced materials, um, adaptation of the human body to the spaceflight environment. Um, That's just to name a few examples. Those experiments include research for a UW-Madison biochemist, Dr. Vatsan Raman's lab, where scientists hope to discover a new way to treat antibiotic-resistant infections. My colleague, health and medicine reporter David Wahlberg, dove into the world of microgravity, microbiomes, and microorganisms to find out more. David, you worked on a story about phages. Am I saying that you are. Okay. Phages. Yeah. Phage or phages. So what are phages and you know what makes them relevant today? Phages are essentially viruses that infect bacteria and they're found all around the world. They're in oceans and they're in land and they're in people. And um, basically any place that bacteria are, phages are too. And they were basically discovered in 1915 or so, and for a while they were used to treat bacterial infections. But then with the onset of antibiotics like penicillin in the 1930s and 40s, people sort of stopped paying attention to them and shifted more to antibiotics. What's brought phages back into the limelight? Why is this study happening? Yeah, so in recent decades, since the 80s or so, there's been a lot of concern about bacterial 
resistance, antibiotics that don't work for many bacterial infections anymore. So that's just getting worse and worse basically every year. I think in the U.S., something like uh, 35,000 people or more die each year from antibiotic-resistant infections. Worldwide, it's much greater than that. And the projections are that it's going to keep getting worse and worse. And most of the antibiotics in the pipeline aren't thought to really be able to help very much. So there's a desire to try to find another approach. And phage therapy, the the full term is bacteriophage, but they just sometimes shorten it and just call them phages. Phage therapy could be an alternative to antibiotics. A Texas-based biotechnology corporation, Rhodium Scientific, has also taken an active interest in Dr. Vatsanraman's research. Rhodium's Heath Mills is co-investigator on the project known as Phage Evolution. In a recent teleconference, both Mills and Raman outlined their hope for the Phage project. We're looking at, and from a public health perspective, we are identifying a rise of microbial resistance to a number of antimicrobials and antibiotics. Uh, For a long time, phage technology like this has been seen as a mechanism that may provide a new therapeutic and a new therapy for uh, countering that rise of resistance. And so this project is being supported not only by the ISS National Lab, and we appreciate their support here, but also by uh, the Department of Defense and specifically the Defense Threat Reduction Agency as a way to possibly develop countermeasures against the rise of new diseases, new pathogens, new threats to human health, not only in space, but also here back on Earth. And so by understanding this rapid evolutionary process, this interaction between host and prey, or predator and prey interactions in this ramped up metabolic environment of low Earth orbit, uh, we may be able to, to develop new therapeutics that can help all of mankind. And so it's these projects that are being done by Dr. Raman and then supported by the uh, Department of Defense and ISS National Lab that really helps not just those astronauts and those future space tourists, but also all of us here back on Earth. And what's remarkable is that phages are the most abundant living entity on the planet. And it's estimated that for for every bacterium on Earth, there is approximately 10 or more phages. Uh, And when the phages find their bacterial host, uh, they inject their DNA uh, into the bacteria, make many, many copies, and sometimes kill the host. What makes phages uh, better suited to fight antibiotic-resistant bacteria? They have kind of strengths and weaknesses um, compared to antibiotics. Unlike antibiotics, which are very broad-spectrum and often kill the bacteria you don't want but also can kill the bacteria you do want in people, phages are much more selective and they, they target very specific bacteria. So that could be a good thing. They're a They're a more refined weapon against bacterial infections. But the downside of that is because of that, they may not work very well for lots of different kinds of people. So you might have to find a specific phage therapy for 
each individual, and so it may be a little more difficult to do that. Although, from what I understand from scientists, the approach is to try to use different kinds of phages together so that they could work more broadly. There's a few different researchers on campus that work with phages, and one in particular, Vatsan Rahman, is a biochemistry researcher, and he and his lab have prepared an experiment to be done at the International Space Station. And so the, the basic question that we're asking is, um, how do phages and bacteria interact in space uh, that are different from the way they do on Earth? And as you can imagine, uh, this can have enormous implications on microbiome function. And basically what they're doing is sending frozen tubes of phages and frozen tubes of E. coli bacteria. And then they're asking the astronauts to take those tubes out of a freezer and put them in an incubator for different periods of time, let them thaw out, and see how they react with each other differently from how they would on Earth. Why did Dr. Vatsan Raman decide to send phages and bacteria into orbit? Yeah, well, so there's two features of space that they're looking to see what happens when these materials are exposed to those features. So one is microgravity. I think a lot of people think, well, in space there's no gravity, but they actually call it microgravity because it's some, but it's a lot less than we have here. So the idea is that maybe in microgravity, phages and bacteria interact differently with each other. Maybe phages can find the bacteria that they are designed to kill better in less gravity or maybe worse. And so they just want to study that and see what that environment, how it's different than here on Earth. And then likewise, radiation is kind of the other feature that they're looking to study. You probably hear that when you take a flight, if, if you fly in airplanes, you get exposed to more radiation than if you're just here on the ground. And that's true, and that's even more true further up in space, that there's more radiation. And the radiation exposure can cause more mutations to both bacteria and to phages. So they want to see how each of those things reacts with which the phages and bacteria uh, might, might mutate is perhaps uh, higher on, on, in space than on Earth, um, and which leads to the question, well, what, is, what, what happens then, right? Which is, do the phages acquire new function? Do they lose existing function? Does the bacteria acquire new function? Does it lose existing function? And so these are the questions that, that we want to ask uh, using these experiments. And the idea of phage therapy is not so much that you would use natural phages that you would find in the environment, but that you would design phages to attack bacteria. And so maybe these mutations in space might give them some ideas of how they should design phages on Earth. What are researchers hoping to gain from this study in space? Well, um, basically to, to see how the phages and the bacteria act and interact in space compared to on Earth because they're going to replicate the experiments in their lab here on Earth and then compare the two. So one possible application is that this would help the scientists in Madison and elsewhere design 
phages in a in a way that could be more useful for therapy against bacterial infections. Another reason they're doing this is that it might help with space travel in the future, that if you find the right kinds of phages and bacteria, maybe you can give those to astronauts before they take flight, and that can help their microbiome. There's a lot of talk about microbiomes these days, and that's the mix of organisms that's in our gut. And perhaps the biggest reservoir uh, of, of bacteria and phages is the human gut. Um, and this collection of microbes uh, is called the gut microbiome, um, and the collection of phages uh, is called the phage virome or the phageome. Um, and so basically the interactions between the phages and the bacteria fundamentally shape uh, microbiome function. Um, and it's known through many studies that uh, the microbiome plays uh, an important role in all aspects of human health, uh, physiology, uh, behavior, and development. And it uh, relates to many different aspects of our health, our physical health and mental health. And so if they can sort of concoct the right cocktail of phages and bacteria to give astronauts before they go into space, maybe they can remain healthier during their flight. We want to understand how the microbiome uh, functions uh, over extended periods of time. Um, and, and I guess the bigger question is, can we start customizing microbiomes, right? So if we understand how bacteria and phages interact, can we predict, uh, um, can we install microbiomes in, in humans that function in certain ways? Can we make them be resilient uh, for space travel? Or can we uh, engineer properties into these phage bacterial systems where if there is an invading pathogen, uh, the, 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 the system can basically push, push the pathogen out. Um, and so, the, so the, the, the future is in being able to make customized microbiomes. And, and as the Dr. Mills pointed out, the imminent application is also in, in identifying new phages that could be potentially used as therapeutics here on Earth. Thanks for listening to Front Page, a podcast that takes a look at some of the Wisconsin State Journal's most interesting recent stories. You can find this podcast on our website at www.madison.com slash WSJ, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify.